Hello and welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Graham Wilson. One in seven Australians over the age of 50 is affected by macular degeneration. That's the leading cause of blindness and vision loss here in Australia. And it's been said that macular degeneration is stealing the sight of an ageing Australia. Julie Herity is CEO of the Macular Disease Foundation, a position she's held since 2004. Julie, thanks for joining us on Wellbeing. I know you've been with us on the program before, but uh, this disease doesn't go away, does it? It doesn't, and it's a great pleasure to be on. Thank you, Graham. No, it doesn't, and it's affecting our older Australians and our baby boomers who, you know, are working longer, are living longer and enjoying life longer for retirement and pleasure. We've got our grey nomads on the road. I mean, we've got the opportunity as baby boomers, speaking as a baby boomer, to to actually have um, this part of our life being very exciting and uh, quality of life and utilising our independence. So we really want to make sure that we do everything possible to, that, to make sure we have our sight so we can do these things. And this is where macular degeneration is a very serious disease which we need to take note of. Now, I know you have in your background um, some psychology, but how did you come to macular degeneration and specialise on that in particular? Oh, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a winding um, road there, Graham, um, to, to how I came. Well, I was originally a teacher, and um, I loved teaching. And then I went in and did a whole lot of work um, in the department. In, I was actually a, an advisor to the Minister for Education, and I loved that role and felt I had done a lot there. But there came a time, I also qualified psychologist, a school psychologist, and um, this job came up in front of me. Um, that my husband showed it to me, and I said, what is macular degeneration? <laughs> and that was in 2004. And I decided I wanted to work for um, a charity for something different. And um, when I found out what it was, it was with blindness. I had done a lot of work in education in special ed, and I did understand a lot of areas of hearing and, and sight. And it seemed to me something really that I could um, feel really satisfied in helping people. What I didn't know is when I walked into the foundation at that time that there was very little in terms of treatment. Our research really wasn't there and it was very early days with this particular disease. Very few people knew about it. Um, I would. I always feel the best straw poll is to get in a taxi and they'd say, taxi driver would say, oh, you're working back late, you know, where do you work? And I'd say, Macular Degeneration Foundation. They'd say, what's that? <laughs> now I can get in a taxi and I can be assured that we have very high awareness levels. We lead the world in awareness now. It's knowing what it is, we just need to make sure that call to action of what to do about is followed. So I came to the foundation on a journey, and it's just been absolutely wonderful time in helping people and getting new treatment out there and making sure people sight is saved. Now, uh, of course, one of your patron, well, your patron, the current patron, is Ida Butrose, and her father, as a journalist had the realisation that he could no longer read the newspapers. You know, a shocking thing for him. And every time I hear Ita talk, you know, to people about that, you know, I feel that 
little little bit in Ida's voice of this sadness of, you know, a journalist where that was so important. I mean, our vision is important for everybody, mm. but I guess you link that to your career, and um, and she said that was a very challenging time. Her uncle, Uncle Gerald, who is now ninety, he actually had signs of macular degeneration rang Ita, probably this would be some years ago, probably about eight years ago, and he, um, she encouraged him to go to an ophthalmologist immediately because she knew about the signs of macular degeneration. He did. He had the wet form for which now there is a very effective treatment and he's been having the injections in the eye that for quite some time and that has saved his sight. So she tells the story of the sadness of her father, but she tells also the story of early detection, timely access to treatment is saving her Uncle Gerald's side, and he is driving at 90. Wonderful. Okay, well, for people who don't know what it is, and you say awareness has risen, but there are still people who don't know what it is. It affects the retina. Everybody knows what the retina is in their eye, but um, just explain what the macula is and what is this degeneration? Okay. I think the best way to describe it is to describe it as like an old-fashioned camera. I think I think perhaps us baby boomers can remember that. <laughs> so an old-fashioned camera, the, you have this um, light coming through the front and you turn the, the focus at the front to get it to be very clear. That's your glasses. That's the front of the eye. The light comes through your, the front of the eye. You get it focused and it shines on this retina, the light-sensitive tissue at the back of the eye that you mentioned. Now, the retina is like the film in the old-fashioned camera. And right in the middle of that, of that retina is the macula. And being in the middle, that's why this disease affects your central vision, in the middle of the retina. And this is where all this action is happening. And if I was to take this light-sensitive piece of tissue and turn it around and, and splice it like a ham sandwich... That's how it looks at the back of the eye. And inside that ham sandwich, we get the first signs of macular degeneration as if the ham had some splatters of mustard, and that's called drusen. And so when an optometrist looks in the back of your eye with all the technology we've got now, they can see these very early signs called drusen. Now, that drusen may just stay there and may never cause any problems. But if you don't want it to progress, you're going to practice diet and lifestyle measures. This is the very early science. It can progress, and it can progress as dry macular degeneration. It's a later stage, a very slow progressive form. Or you could have wet macular degeneration, very quick, very sudden, can happen overnight, very dramatic, for which we have very effective treatment now. But it relies upon a window of opportunity of getting to an ophthalmologist very quickly. I talk about it in the same terms as a medical emergency because it can save your sight. Like a stroke or a heart attack as quickly as that? Look, it's about a week's window of opportunity for the best outcome. Right. But like anything, everyone is different. You want to get there. But even if it's later, 
you still need to get there because the only way that we can really save sight from wet macular degeneration is this injection in the eye. And it is very, very successful. Wonderful. So this this has all come about. This came on the this um, particular treatment came on the PBS in 2007, and then um, subsequent other treatments have come on. But this major treatment um, is available on the PBS, and it's been very, very. Um, it's a revolution in the way we've handled the treatment of macular degeneration. So I say to people, look, you know, I know that this might be challenging in treatment, but it's going to save your sight. Now, you talk about a wet and a dry version. The wet version involves blood vessels, does it not? Whereas the dry version, the drusen, is kind of fatty deposits, I think, under the retina. Is that right? Look, think of it in terms of this retina and a dry patch developing, yes, where the drusen is. And then the wet is where the blood vessels are breaking through. And this is why... When they break through and you get this sudden change in wet, um, you'll say to people, some of the symptoms could be a dark blotch in the centre of your vision or an empty space or distortion where straight lines appear wavy or bent like on a Venetian blind or on a flagpole. And this is where this blood vessel is pushing through and it's pushing up like a bubble when you see it on a a special technology to look in the back of the eye and when you push something in the eye let's say the film in a camera you pushed it and it rippled a little bit that's why you're seeing this distortion so very important that if you have any changes in your vision, any sudden changes in your vision, that you seek help immediately. And um, I think we should go back and talk about what I'd say are the three most important things. One, have that eye test and macula check. That's number one. Now, should that be for everybody of a certain age? If you're having your eyes tested, make sure you get a macula check as well? Look, Yes, for over 50s for macular degeneration, but in terms of everyone, well, everyone should have their regular eye test every two years or guided by your optometrist. Now, let's just quickly divert to what other groups should be having that eye test. I'd like to just speak very quickly about diabetes. Diabetes is really, in my view, one of our greatest health challenges in this country. Now, we talk about the things that can happen from diabetes, you know, your feet or you know, um, various other areas, but very few people realise that you can have vision loss and blindness from diabetes. What happens with diabetes is that people get have an eye test and get diagnosed with diabetes. They get their diabetes under control and then they think, well, my diabetes is under control. I had an eye test a few years ago. Why would I need to go back? Let me say this very clearly. The longer you have diabetes, the higher the risk of macular disease. So do not be fooled into thinking just because I've got my diabetes under control, which is a great thing, that I don't have to keep having those eye tests. Very, very important. And that should be guided by your optometrist because in the vast majority of cases with diabetic eye disease, diabetic retinopathy, it's preventable. Mm -hmm. It's preventable. So going back to macular degeneration, 
first of all, have that eye test and macula check. Secondly, never ignore any changes in your vision. Seek help immediately and know the symptoms. Thirdly, in between visits to your eye care professional, I want everyone over 50 to have what's called an Amsler grid. Now, these are available free from the foundation as along with a free information kit. And they're just a little card that's got a square on it with um, lines horizontally and vertically and a dot in the middle and the directions. What's that grid? What's, what's the grid called it's again? It's called an Amsler grid, A-M-S-L-E-R. Amsler grid. Amsler grid. And it's magnetised. You pop it on your fridge and then you stand at normal distance, reading distance from it, with your reading glasses on if you wear them. Put one hand over one eye, look at the grid and check that all the lines are nice and straight or there's no blotches or no black spots. And then you do it the same with the other eye. Put one hand over the other eye. This is also important if you're having treatment to check in between visits when you're having injections. Now, why do we do this? Because the brain is very clever and you actually read with your brain, you see with your brain. And what it does is it sometimes, if there is a black blotch caused by this sudden bleed at the back of the eye in wet macular degeneration, what it does is that it makes up the image. It colours it in virtually. So the only way we can check that is to trick the brain and put one hand over one eye and check. Mm -hmm. So if you have any changes in vision, you would immediately contact your eye care professional. So this relates to what you were saying earlier, that if there's any change, you need to get onto it within the week. Absolutely. I mean, from my view, phone that day or the very next day. Mm. Don't wait. Don't, there's no need to wait. It's, it's, it is, in my view, a medical emergency because saving your sight is a medical emergency. The, the other thing one needs to know is that if you have dry macular degeneration, the slow progressive form, you should also be having that AMSA grid on your fridge because dry can turn to wet. So dry can turn very quickly to wet overnight and then... If it is wet, because the treatment is available, you would want to get that treatment very quickly, that diagnosis and treatment. So access, timely access to treatment is very important. Um, so we've got these three things. Eye test, um, making sure that um, we have the uh, AMSA grid on our fridge and making sure we know the symptoms of macular degeneration. Okay. Amsler grid, all right. Now, you say you can get those online? No, it's best to get it from the foundation because we've got one with the magnetised um, little patch on the back, so you can pop it on your fridge. Okay. And sometimes if people print things off, you can there's, there's marks behind it and it's, you may get the wrong reading. So let's get the, the right card, pop it on the fridge, and you'll also get it all free, a free information pack and pass it to family or get packs for your family, um, all free from the foundation. Okay, we'll give people those details at the end of the show. Uh, there is a wonderful website, mdfoundation.com.au, but we'll repeat those details um, towards the end. Julie, you mentioned wet and dry, the two types. The dry is much more common than the wet, is it not? Yes, yes, it is. And um, part of the 
work that the foundation's been doing is um, raising funds for research and we're now really um, with NHMRC funding going down we are one of the now the largest uh, funders of research and and really in the next few years I think what needs to happen is we need to find some answers for this dry mm. um, we've got we don't have a cure as I mentioned but for either but we do have this very effective treatment for wet but for dry um, it is a big challenge because of this slow progressive nature of the disease. When you say you don't have a cure what does the treatment for the wet that's so effective do? Does it suppress the symptoms or slow it down or what's happening? Well where this bleed has occurred um, it, it's an anti um, blood vessel growth factor. Let me explain it in this way. When this was first discovered, this, this uh, VEGF treatment, um, a really smart researcher somewhere in the world said, hang on, when we have this wet macular degeneration, there's a sudden growth of blood vessels at the back of the eye. That's probably no different to what happens in bowel cancer when there's a tumour, a sudden burst of this blood vessel growth called a VEGF factor. We presently, this is what they said back in about 2004, we presently inject with an anti-VEGF factor, an anti-blood vessel growth factor. Is it not the same principle? And what if I was to inject that anti-VEGF factor into the eye? What would happen? I still get goose pimples right now when I'm talking about it because for the first time in the history of ophthalmology, we saw that this blood vessel bubble, like at the back of the eye, this group caused by the blood vessel growth factor, VEGF, it flattened. It flattened, so that distortion went away, the blotch started to get less, and that's because they injected with an anti-blood vessel growth factor and it flattened and went down this bump on that retina and this was absolutely amazing so what happened is that researchers went away and they developed a special molecule of the VEGF factor for the eye a smaller molecule that stays in the body um, for less time and following that it was important to get um, treatment onto the PBS and now we, we have these um, treatments in the form of VEGF treatments that um, ophthalmologists use all over the world and the trials that were done on, on these um, VEGF factors are, have been amazing. They're one of the most, um, uh, what do we say, highly acknowledged evidence-based trials in the world. So we've really got a fantastic um, treatment um, that can save your sight. For those of your listeners that are having injections, they will tell you that these injections are ongoing and they can vary from every month to maybe seven or eight weeks. The average injection rate is about 7.3 a year. So it is a, it is a challenge, but I am always constantly humbled by how older Australians take on this, um, in a way, burden of treatment, but on the other hand, it's going to save your sight. And, you know, people in regional areas have to travel a long way and 
you know, there, although the treatment is on the PBS, there are obviously costs. But I'm constantly humbled by the way older Australians take it on and do it and make sure that they save their sight. Now, you were talking about the grid, Amsler grid. Is there no other way you can tell whether you're um, at risk or whether you're developing early symptoms? I mean, itchy eyes or anything like that? Or? No, okay. no. And, and keep in mind, I'm glad you raised that Amsler grid again because this is only, is only a simple tool to be, to be used between visits to your eye care professional. It does not replace the eye test or your follow-up visits to your optimal ophthalm. Now, what's the relationship between macular degeneration and other eye diseases like glaucoma, for instance? Are they related in any way? No, glaucoma is separate, um, but we have a huge range of macular diseases. Um, you know, retinal vein occlusion, um, best disease. Um, Stargardt is the genetic inherited form of macular um, degeneration and it primarily affects younger people. Um, we did a wonderful uh, video um, with a woman called Alicia who is working, who is, um, I think she's in her late 40s, working, living a very uh, normal life in terms of married and, and children and, and um, trying to get on with everything she does, as we all do. And um, I did a very good interview with her where she explained some of the challenges, but she talks about how she's tackled those challenges. And maybe this will be a good time to talk about those with low vision, those who have got, um, who are unable to get injections, um, they came after they lost vision, or who have these inherited forms. There is an enormous change now, Graham, in our landscape of how we manage low vision and blindness. People with vision loss can become very depressed with this. How do you handle that? Look, that's true, and recognising that, especially older Australians who, in my view, are very stoic, mm -hmm. and, you know, they've gone through maybe tough periods, and, you know, you look, when you've travelled through to that baby boomer period, you're thinking, well, you know, I had a tough time here and a tough time there, we had to save for the house, but we got through it, and probably more inclined to push through, but... I think the message that I have is that there is always help available and there is, um, there, it is really important to talk to your GP if you're feeling you're not coping or you're feeling down because there are mental health programs available, you know, having a chat with a psychologist over a period of time. You know, there is support available and please don't be frightened that it's, you're any lesser a person because you need to get that help. You're more of a person for going in and saying, I need some help. There's mm. something wrong. So depression is, um, with vision loss, there is two to three times um, depression rates. And also, we did a study a couple of years ago called at the foundation called the ripple effect of vision loss. And what we found was that Depression rates were higher also in carers of people with, with macular degeneration. And that's because the older population, they've got comorbidities. Um, I'm, I talk to people every day who are looking after someone with vision loss and they also have a heart complaint or arthritis or a hearing problem. And 
this can be quite challenging. And what I do find is very often people don't recognise that they are a carer and that they can actually get carer entitlements, that they can actually get respite care. So it's very important to talk about these areas. And obviously at the foundation, we have our national helpline where people can ring us and talk to us and we can guide them to the help that they need. And that's part of, part of our role um, as an organisation and helping people. I'm wondering, Julie, total blindness can result from this condition, can't it? But there are, as there are so many people, there are so many different manifestations of it. I mean, I was reading on your wonderful website about um, the designer of the Opera House, Jürgen Utzen. Uh, His son hadn't realised that this was in his family. His grandfather, in fact, had macular degeneration as well. But he was helping his father with diagrams and things once his father started having macular degeneration symptoms and his father would look at a light hanging from a ceiling, for instance, but see the lead suddenly go 90 degrees to the left because of this distortion of the vision, almost like a hallucination. Is that right? Correct. And and it's really brought up a good point for me to mention, Graham. With macular disease, you do not go black blind. Right. You will retain peripheral vision. So it's affecting that central vision. And that's a very important thing to mention before we talk about Jan and his dad because many people get very concerned if they're diagnosed that they may have future vision loss, that that's what's going to happen. And it's very important also for families to understand that because sometimes people will say, look, mum's got central vision loss, but she can see a piece of cotton on the um, on the floor, on the carpet. And I'll say, that's because she can't see your face and she can't see the ring on her finger if she puts her hand in f- front of herself. But she's got peripheral vision, so she can see that piece of cotton on the floor. Now, with Jan, Jan Utzen, a son of Jan Utzen, the um, amazing designer of our amazing icon, the Sydney Opera House, he had um, macular degeneration and lost vision and was legally blind late in life. And Jan, you've described exactly what Jan says of how he had this, you know, central vision loss and his son Jan would talk to him about the opera house. Jan told me a story once, a very interesting one, where the refurbishment that they're doing at the moment, he would talk to his dad about it. And because he could now no longer, he was legally blind, see the diagrams, he would say to his dad, you know, in area A to area B, um, we've got to do this. And he'd say yes. But that connects to this, to this, without being able to look at those diagrams. Mm-hmm. That's what an amazing memory, a visual memory this man had. But You talked about hallucinations. I want to talk now about something very important, which Jorn Utzen did have. And his son asked me about it while he was alive. He said, Dad is getting these phantom images, these visual hallucinations. What could it be? This is what's called Charles Bonnet syndrome. Now, Charles Bonnet syndrome is nothing to do with a mental illness, nothing to do with mental health. It happens to about 30% of people who have severe vision loss in both eyes. And for some reason, for some reason, the brain decides to capture 
these images. So you might be sitting in your chair in your house and suddenly there's some little kittens on the ground playing. Um, as someone said to me once, you know, my son was driving me along and I just knew there were no high-rise buildings in that site, but yet they were there. Or I thought someone was standing at the door or in the room. And I'm constantly amazed at how many older people will tell me, you know, they, they didn't get frightened. They weren't frightened by it, but they knew it was something, but they didn't want to tell their family because, as all of us would think, mum or dad's got some problems. So they, they don't talk about it. This Charles Bonnet syndrome, it's, we have a fact sheet on it. It's very important if you've experienced it to get the fact sheet, ring us up, have a chat, um, have a chat to your family, get the Charles Bonnet fact sheet because in vast majority of cases it goes away. It comes and goes, it comes and goes and people get used to it. You know, um, and there are some little tricks that people can do, like change position, um, move out of that room, that can sometimes help people to cope with it. Um, but in the vast majority of cases, it goes away with time, sometimes very quickly, sometimes maybe a couple of months, but it goes away. But when I first started to talk about Charles Bonnet syndrome on radio, I was constantly amazed at the number of people who would ring the foundation and say, thank goodness you spoke about that because I didn't know what was happening to me and I was concerned to talk to someone. Or family members would ring up and say, now I know what mum was what was happening to mum. Can I have the fact sheet and we can have a chat about it? And I do say often to take the couple of get a couple of um, copies of the fact sheet and take one to your GP, one to your ophthalmologist, and they will know about it, optom, but it's just actually educating everyone around you that, look, I have this Charles Bonnet syndrome, so you just need to be aware of it. Wonderful. Listen, we're running out of time. I know we've got lots more we can talk about. We must get you back on the show soon, Julie. Can you just give us the details again? The Macular Degeneration Foundation website is mdfoundation.com.au. That's an excellent uh, source of information. Very, very comprehensive. Well done on that site. It's fantastic. But if people don't have access to the web, where do they get in touch with you? Our phone number, our national helpline, is one 800 triple one seven oh nine and we're available nine to five monday to friday eastern standard time and and you can get a free information kit get your amsa grid if you've got diabetes you can get a free diabetic information kit for diabetic eye disease um and we're there to, to help um, for information guidance and support and for those people who have vision loss, we have some amazing guides called, um, they're in audio form and in uh, published form for family and friends, talking about low vision, talking about the amazing aids and technologies that are available for people with vision loss, um, one on family, friend and carers, and one on slips, trips and falls and how to avoid those. So we've got a vast array of resources that are all free that are available to the community so that we can make sure that everyone's sight is saved. Wonderful. And congratulations on 15 years. It's a, a wonderful uh, foundation that you're running there. And thanks for taking the time to talk to us today, Julie. Thank you for having me, Grant. Julie Herity, the CEO of the Macular Disease Foundation Australia. 
We thank her for her time. And if you want to get in touch, that telephone number again is 1-800-111-709. 1-800-111-709. Or on the web, mdfoundation.com.au. I'm Graham Wilson. Thanks for listening. And all of us at Wellbeing wish you well.